0: This is Watson Jordan. I lead the Resilience Initiative, where we research and promote resilience from around the globe and back to you. Our big idea? We can develop resilience. Our promise? We will show you how with inspirational stories and straightforward ideas. Looking into the future with excitement and hope are the guideposts for season five. Together, we explore observations, trends, and prognostications about the future. With each episode, you learn what fortifies resilience and what the future might hold and reveal. Today, we're joined by Hallie Rojeski. She's a passionate about leadership, Supporting individuals with learning differences and celebrating neurodiversity. She's found a home at the John Crossland School and enjoys the space they've created that allows children to be themselves. Exploring new cultures, tasting new food, traveling the world are all attractive to her. Her two dogs bring great joy and unlimited cuddles. Well, welcome to hashtag resilience. Hallie. We're thrilled that you've joined us today. So we'd like to start out, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself, what you're excited about. What can we applaud and support for you?
1: Um, I think the biggest one is um, I'm someone that I'm lucky enough in general, so this is a big one, of just the work I do fulfills me and is a beautiful fit. And I think when you're mission, your personal mission of how do you enjoy spending your time? And then do you find an opportunity to do that every day? Um, The more and more I meet other adults and what they're doing, um, there's not too many of us out there that have this gift. And so I think that's where, in my mind, I applaud that
0: regularly. You know, nice to think about that as a little bit of a gift and a little bit of achievement, because I think sometimes it just happens to people. But the more people I talk to, there's been some intention about getting that alignment between Mm -hmm. what's really fulfilling and what do I do for the majority of my kind of awake time.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, good for you. Well, that's certainly worth celebrating. That's excellent. Um, Next, we kind of go what's one question you've always wanted to be asked? This is kind of a fun place to start.
1: So, since it's early in the morning, um I would say the question I would love to be asked and I'm never asked is um can I make you some stovetop espresso that'll be really strong and the answer will always be yes and no one's ever asked me that instead it's do you want a Keurig? do you want you know I have some drip coffee that's never what I want
0: a stove that's very specific so I, yes. I and I applaud that so that's the little like thing mm-hmm. I think of as being European really yes in Italy where yeah a bunch of stuff in the top and it's kind of an old world percolator
1: yeah and if I travel locally I travel with one um but that's where I would say I am a uh a coffee snob and I'm, I'm that's okay I think to you know know what you want and that's how you want to start every
0: day I think our life gets richer when we know what we like and we're able to find a way to get it um and now is there a specific type of coffee from a somewhere that is the perfect thing to have in your, uh, stovetop espresso maker.
1: I I'll try different brands. I'm also, I love a good sale. So whatever's on sale, I typically try. Um, but no, and that's where I, when I went, I had the pleasure this earlier this year of going to Columbia, South America. And I, of course, went to many different, um, different places to try their coffee because they, they know how to make
0: a good cup. Yes. mm -hmm. That is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll have to remember that. I'm not sure how I can pull that off, but you know, (laughs) if you're you're informed, you're halfway there. So that's good. I wanted to talk a little bit about the Crossland Y story, Mm -hmm. and I'll uh, I'll tell the first part, but I'm intrigued to kind of hear the second part. I I spoke at two uh, in-case events and cross paths with people that you work with from Crossland. And we ended up doing a team event for your what I think of as your executive team. And we found out, we did a number of things, but you're a better way, make sense. I mean, you're a better way, simplify, make sense person. So you believe success happens when you find a better way and share it. How you do that is by making things simple and easy to use. And what you bring are solutions that make sense. So we had a, a very uh, fun, I thought, enlightening team. Mm-hmm. And then you all had the rest of your retreat. So I'm interested to kind of share what happened next because mm-hmm. I, I wasn't around Um
1: Well, the conversation kept going. And so it was nice because also the leadership team, we'd rented a house. And so we were together for, you know, three days. Um, And I think that was a great way because you can process it little by little. And I think, um, you know, they, I think it resonated with everyone. They all went home and told, you know, whomever they live with more about it. What does that look like? Do, how do they self-identify with parts of it? Is there anything that seems, you know, but I mean, they really kind of digested it. Um, and then they were very passionate because this was not the plan of we think the whole school should do this. Hmm. Um, and that, that was not where I was headed, to be honest. And I was like, really? And they're like, yeah, no, I think everyone, I think everyone should go through and have this, um, this chance. And so that's where I was thrilled that you were willing to actually, cause there was a benefit of also coming to Croslin and meeting our, you know, our, some of our students and all of that. But, um, it's been, it's been nice. So we decided to adopt, you know, our theme for this year is why. And, um, that came naturally out of, you know, your, the time with you. And, um, I think that's where it's, it's fun to uncover, you know, everyone likes talking about themselves, but also when you're talking about working with people and understanding each other's whys, um, it's, it's pretty cool. So I think that's, um, it's, it feels good. And I love also the common language that it, uh, it lends us to, to kind of having conversations.
0: The language is a real element of what someone gets, you know, and it, it's a framework. And so you get some language, but it came from, you know, all different people kind of working mm-hmm. with the Y Institute over years. Mm-hmm. But lots of the language is for things that we don't Easily have language for so when that resonates, it's kind of a mm-hmm. nice kind mm-hmm. of, flow. and it fortifies what we already knew. So I, I don't think it ever displaces things that we right. don't hear about. Well, fantastic! It's been real, and I loved being on campus. So I really appreciate the tour and um, getting to see the the faculty and the students and kind of how easily you interacted with all the students, kind of during transitional times and in the hallways. And so I, that's for, for an educator visiting a school is almost as good as it gets.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: So thank you for that. And that was a really fun kind of uh, organic story. Um, so season five of hashtag resilience is about looking into the future about how our resilience has been impacted. And so, be interesting to learn a little bit if you could tell us kind of about your view of the future kind of major forces that you anticipate being impactful and a story about the future with maybe a bit of excitement and maybe a little bit more hope
1: um i am this is an interesting question cuz it's more the idea of when i when i think about the future what gives me excitement are Two different things. And I think they're both from the younger generation, because that's where also being in education and, you know, loving, working, you see, you know, the next generation coming up. And it's very, um, very hopeful, because um, I think they'll have a beautiful way of creating space for more of a a social impact, them kind of understanding how can we, I think, you know, hopefully when they're the littles are adults and that changes everything. I'm hoping there's less polarization. People can find a way to, you know, I think get along better. And like, honestly, I have a big hope for that. Like, I think the things that are really icky right now don't have to stay that way. Mm. Um, And I think that's what I, but I think that it'll come, but it's not going to come. I may, I may not see it, you know, but it's more the fact of I'm very hopeful for that. I also am very hopeful and excited about things in the future because, um, I would say probably in the past, I don't know, year and a half, um, celebrating neurodivergence and neurodiversity is is truly celebrated. I mean, I think so like that, that idea where before, I think there was more of a it's going to be whispered by a parent, my child has dyslexia or I need help. And now I think people are more willing to say, oh, well, I have a therapy appointment this afternoon out loud. And it's, it's, you know, you can put all those things together or just the idea of, yes, I have ADHD and paying attention is really hard. And so I think that idea of it's part of their self that they're proud of and identify with, I think is new. And I hope that that trend just keeps growing and keeps growing with that idea that every individual neurodivergent or not, um, has a strong sense of self. And I think, that also is something that will really, really forecast for the future. And I think that's where education is going to change. I think a lot of it, who knows? I mean, I'm guessing for a lot of people, it'll look more like computer based, more is it online. However, I think there'll always be a place for the school, like schools like the John Croson school where you need a human to interact with you in a small setting. Um, and so I think just, I think it'll, I think education will look different, but I, um, But I think that human interaction will always be needed and it will, I think, in certain areas be a beautiful thing that can still be offered.
0: You know, when you were talking, I thought about kind of two big things. One, I think a big lesson of the pandemic is that we we benefit in so many ways from human interaction, Mm -hmm. literally getting together in person, in a community. Very powerful for us uh, from a a health standpoint, and the the thing you talked about, kind of the shift of I from I have to go to therapy because I have this problem to I really invest in my health. Mm -hmm. One of the things I do is meet with a therapist, a counselor, or kind of whatever. That is, that that's becoming as much of a health investment as going to yoga or taking a walk outside or in is very much kind of, mm-hmm. yes, because the you know, the results have been in for decades that the investments we make in our overall health are massively impactful in the lives we lead for ourselves and for those people we care for the most and are closest to. So, well, I did get a bit of hope out of that. That's, thanks. Excellent. Yeah, I think that's, and it's a lot of fun. Um, any memories or stories you've kind of seen with that that are kind of pop into your mind?
1: Not anything that's vivid. It's I think it's just more of a, when I I like hearing the voice of, you know, those, I think, middle schoolers honestly because I think that's where they're still you know they're just starting to feel judgment from peers but at the same point they'll still share ideas um and I think that's just um I think boldening them where they can have their voice and be excited to be change
0: agents um nice to think about them not only having more tools but better tools you know that they're much more is available to them
1: well, and I think with all of that in the tools, I mean, I think that's where, especially the, the population where I'm, I'm an individual who I don't like spelling, can't spell it's no matter what I've done. I I'm okay with being a, a, not a very good speller, but I think that's where, with the tools of the AI of all, you know, where before you had to memorize and you had, it was expected that, you know, and I think nowadays there's just more grace and user strategies, like, I mean, and they're out there. So I think for, moving forward, that's where it, there's a lot of tools that we, you know, even in level the playing field. And so I think that's where, um, no matter what your weakness is, you can find a way and it doesn't have to be through another human proofreading your paper anymore,
0: um, to give you
1: freedom to kind of, I don't know, tackle things that maybe in the past you would have never tried.
0: Now that reminds me, I, um, I too am not great at just memorizing things and I don't have beautiful handwriting. So, I, my results for anything academic went up a letter grade or more when I could do them electronically because then it was easy to read. Right. You know, schools for better or worse, or you kind of live in a world of paper. So, just mm-hmm. better paper was, <clears throat> it let more of what was in me that was really good get shared, you know, and it was, right. well, I'm not going to read. And- you can't spell yeah. the first four words, I'm not going to read the rest of this. And, you know, mm-hmm. all that was gone and it was, oh, there you go.
1: Well, I think when I started owning that just spelling is hard for me. And I'm at the time I was teaching middle school math to um, students. And there are a lot of words and the math vocabulary words where I like the last half of the word, I wasn't really sure. So I would teach the kids. Well, i just. I let them know why I abbreviate all of the words because they thought it was just time. And I was like, no, I know how to spell the first four. I put a dot. You know what I mean? We're communicating. And then I don't have to worry about how to spell it while I'm trying to teach you math. And the kids were like, we can do that. And like that idea of, you know, as long as the communications, you know, I'm like, yes, you can do that as an adult. You know, you, you didn't even understand why I was making those decisions, but instead it's, I'd rather focus on teaching the skills than worried about, is it you know, eve, ive at the end? You know, it doesn't matter to me.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I capitalize a lot of things. My wife's an editor. She says I capitalize things for free. You know, it's just <laughs> the free range. Uh, yes. Well, I want to talk a little bit about resilience in our five three one plan. And in that plan, we talk about having an inner circle, kind of five people that we can support that support us. We talk about belonging to kind of three communities and not leading them, but being kind of, uh, so I go to yoga. So mm-hmm. I, I'm i one of the people that goes to yoga and I don't bring my phone and I get there on time and get on my mat and having a core belief. So it's fun to find out if just one of those kind of resonates with you today and how that kind of connects with what you're doing.
1: I would say that, hmm. I love all three of these. First, I want to say that this is going to be a hard decision to pick like which direction to talk in because I think it's um, and I feel like I'm also lucky enough to I could go through all three and feel supported in those areas. Um, But I think part of I mean, just being a people person, I've already really talked sometimes about my belief. So I'm going to go back to kind of that that inner circle because I've always been a big believer in um, quality, not quantity of friends. Yep. Also being very transparent in general with everyone, but I think specifically with that that inner circle of that, um, you know, are you lucky enough to have those cheerleaders, those people that are, yeah, try it, or whoa, 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 back up. That's not, I mean, just that that true honest friendship, um, where you know you will be connected forever. And I think that's that's a um a beautiful thing. And I think that's you know, it makes me sad to think that some people may not have that for whatever reason, or if, you know, keeping relationships is hard for some people um, and maintaining them. But I would think that inner circle of five is pretty, probably, it's pretty amazing.
0: Yeah, um, it's a real element of just a resilient foundation. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. things happen and sometimes. Th- and where do we go to sort that out? And where do we mm-hmm. get back on? Just like you said, things we're thinking about. And it's good to continue to refine that inner circle to kind of to make it better and better. It's Mm -hmm. also good to have people there who've seen the movie for a long time. So my example is I, I go to breakfast almost every Saturday with my best friend, Frank. And we've been going to breakfast for like over 20 years. Right. So that's a really powerful relationship because we've just seen so much of things going well, of things going poorly, of you know winning the lottery, of you know whatever whatever the things are, but up and down and the consistency of connecting and sharing and wondering is very powerful. So yeah. And I
1: think that's where that's beautiful. And I love the fact that it's you and one person. Cause I think when you have that small group of just two or three, when you're having time together, it's so much more intimate and purposeful. And you get more out of it than larger groups. Even if the group is, you know, six people, it's still, it's not the same. And that's where one thing that I probably, you know, um, for instance i remember a story of how you how would you and your brother throw each other birthday parties where i would say i don't want a party at all instead i'd rather go out and have is it a drink is it coffee is it lunch with every single person separately and take in individual time with people um and that would be my choice of how do we you know connect human to human without the peripheral kind of, you know, the, because once, you know, you always, then you, then you get three conversations going at once. And then in my mind,
0: it's, you know, you're somewhat distracted. We have Um, found at our breakfast that a few people have started to join us that more than four mm -hmm. is something happens to the dynamic. That's not inherently bad, but the significant connection and listening isn't part of the, it's more like a A cocktail party, or kind of a get together for hors d'oeuvres, and there's not Mm -hmm. specific sharing. Yeah, and it's it's real. It's someone really knowing me, and my really knowing someone, and all the good things that come from that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's and that's. Well, we talk about those three. Those are things that everyone can do. So you know, that's not. Oh, I need to go to the moon or. I need, you know, it's super achievable. And for some people, it's more intentional one way or the other. Mm-hmm. That's that's an achievable goal. And we like that because it's really, we want to build a resilient foundation. Right. And then a rich full life comes out of that. Well, fantastic. So we're close to the end, but we always like to ask, is there a question that you'd like to ask me? I would say, what's What part
1: of knowing this is a huge part of who you do by, you know, coaching the resilience initiative, everything to do with the why? What brings you the most joy in your in the whole in that whole community?
0: What are you most proud of? You know, it's tremendously fulfilling and fun to work with teams of kind of eight to 15 and. I have to say some, some people really want to work with the same team or the same person for multiple years. Mm-hmm. I really like it being more of a um, an event where mm-hmm. it's not, I'm going to become a super important part of what you do kind of from here on out. It's much more for me, more fulfilling for me to kind of go, this is really going to be fun and we're going to do a lot of work And the end game is your team is going to be stronger and richer and I'm always available, but I'm not looking for people to become more dependent on me. I'm looking to generate more independence uh, with the people I work with, but it's, that is just the most fun. There are all sorts of things that I, I like doing, but it's just really a lot of fun. And I feel like it's, impactful you know that it's um beneficial for them so that's uh the most fulfilling thing for me so you know if I Mm -hmm. if I could do that with just schools all the time that would and I could it it's also hugely fun to visit a school just Mm -hmm. to kind of see all the you know because on one hand all schools are the same they have a lot in common But every school is really a remarkably unique little community or community that, you know, is also very complicated because there are really multiple constituency groups from school. You know, the students are the object of the exercise, but supporting the teachers, having the right relationship with the parents and grandparents working with a board, figuring out, you know, there are all sorts of kind of primary mm-hmm. constituency groups. And so it's, it's a complex community, you know, it's a saltwater fish tank, you know, it's. Right. It the whole time you
1: are describing this, I'm thinking of an ecosystem as well, you <laughs> <laughs> know. It takes a um, lot of, yeah.
0: Uh, well, and once it's rolling, you don't have to fiddle with it much, but. um all those things go into helping our kids grow up. And one of the things you said that I really heard and I thought, wow, that's a powerful thing to know. You said you really like to get to know the kids and how their brains work. Mm -hmm. And I thought, yeah, because in your school, there's a much wider range of successful brain types of, or almost no limit. And the real gift that you give them is you're not going, here's what we're going to make your brain work like. Right. We're going to find out how your brain works. And that's going to be a revelation for you, for us in the world we live in and really celebrating that. So I was just struck at how insightful and powerful that is, as a, as a great, uh, Great thing for you. Yeah, that was that in the wall of civil rights was the um, oh, I just love that. It was really fantastic. So yes. we're, we're now at our quick strike round. So okay, what book are you reading? I'm reading two
1: right now. Um, one is one that you actually mentioned earlier this morning with me um, is Atomic Habits. And the other one is Upstream.
0: Nice. So. When yeah. you really need to get going, what music do you listen to? Oh, get going! That
1: would be '90s hip hop.
0: <laughs> Very good. Any specific artist or? Uh...
1: Um, I'm well. On my bucket list is if Eminem ever goes and puts on a concert, I will be there, no matter where it is. So
0: good to know. Yeah. <laughs> It's not a vague, you know, it's good to have specific goals. Yes.
1: No, that's uh well most I like live music. So normally the people I've, uh, I've seen when they're touring, but um he's been off the road for a while. Yeah. What's so.
0: the what's the best advice you've ever gotten?
1: I don't know if it's the best, but what I often tell myself and hear myself say and this is um and it's more to free time, because I think that's where we only have a limited amount of time. And I like to use it wisely, but I kind of, um, I don't even know where I hurt, but it's if it's not a hell yeah, it's a no. And that idea of if you're not excited about it, why show up or why do it? You're, I mean, you know, um, and I think that's where when you have, you know, a few hours at night that are for yourself or the weekend, um, those things that get you excited. And so I enjoy planning things and getting involved in things that are truly exciting. Um,
0: doing new things. We could get you a bumper sticker that said more. Hell. Yeah.
1: More. Hell. Yeah. yeah. But that's, you know, and I love the fact of um, and then finding the person that would also get behind that event. And that's, you know, I think that's exciting. So for instance, tonight I'm going and going to hear some spoken word poetry at Charlotte international arts festival. And I'm very excited about that.
0: So yeah. Excellent. Hell yeah. Yeah. I like it. -hmm. You're looking at the future. So what's, yes. what's one prediction? Ooh. Um, one prediction? That's a really big question.
1: <laughs> um, one prediction.
0: You can uh, fiddle around with it if you want. You know, don't feel too good. Uh, I,
1: I would say that um, I'm trying to think of one that's positive. And right now my brain's not in that mindset. Oddly, I'm thinking about the things that are worrisome to me. But I think one prediction um I think there'll be more people helping people and I think that would be I'm looking at um well I went to um I'm lucky enough to be a part of Share Charlotte which is and now there's a few share in different cities Detroit or whatever and that's that's where I was yesterday morning but I think that's 600 nonprofits in Charlotte come together to help each other and I think the connectivityness um and how do we do that and so I think that would be one of my prediction predict predictions would be, I think the world will continue to figure out how to help each other
0: more and do better more. at it. Yeah. Cause you know, I, I, that's such a great answer. I love that more people helping each other. Cause I think we respond to that so well, we have this kind of yearning to connect and support people, but it's, I have to say it hadn't, some things have happened that have made it not quite as easy. Um, or it's easy, it's easier to do nothing and interact with no one than ever before. Right. And I
1: think in that, just in the nonprofit world, you know, our, the schools that are nonprofit and not, you know, I think the idea of how do we work together? How do we, um, for instance, um, you know, there's a lot of schools across the country that have, um you know, their focus is learning differences. And just this year, they've put together an organization where now we have, like, there's someone helping us connect. And there's more than 50 founding schools. And so the John Carlson School is one of the schools lucky enough to be a part of um, this new association. Um, And I think that's where, how can you really have those conversations where they're not just Oh, let's network for you know what's going on. But some of these schools I've known and had great relationships with for ten years now, and we visit each other. You figure out what do you uniquely do that's cool, how's your culture supporting different divergent neurodivergent people differently. But I think honestly, um I think because of technology, it's easier to connect um and we use that to our advantage. and I think how do we how do we applaud each other, celebrate each other, steal great ideas, and make them your own?
0: So. That's great. More. That's a great way to wrap this up. That is because that's a hopeful kind of and actually not wanting to wanting to do it and being able to do it, being able to uh, do that. Right. Well, at the end, you're the straight woman and you just say goodbye, listeners. Well, goodbye, listeners. Thank you for joining Hashtag Resilience. Please reach out to me with questions and subscribe, leave a review so that we can help fortify your resilience moving forward. Go to HashtagResilience.com to learn more. Links and details are in the episode notes. Spread the word.